What's up, everybody, and welcome to Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast. I'm your host, Brian Chairs, and on today's episode, I am joined by the guys from the Card Foundation podcast, Danny and Johnny Tancredi and Papa Bear Paul. They're here to talk all about how they became fans of wrestling, throwing crotch chops in the 90s, their wrestling card Holy Grail, and of course, their podcast, The Card Foundation. Plus, I talk about AEW moving to TBS, the Shawn Michaels biography, and are we about to get Kofi Mania 2? All that, and so much more, right now, on Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast. Hey guys, listen up. Are you like me and like to collect trading cards? If so, check out our friends at stackofcards.com. That's stackofcards with a Z.com. They are a website that buys and sells vintage trading cards. Whether you like wrestling, sports, movies, or video games, it's all there. They also do pack and box breaks on their YouTube channel. You can find their YouTube channel as well as all of their other social media accounts on their website at stackofcards.com. That's stackofcards with a Z.com. Also, don't forget their website gets restocked every Friday. Just like this podcast releases a new episode every Friday, the website is restocked every single Friday, so there's always new products to buy. And right now, my buddy Dion is going to give you a discount just for listening to this podcast. If you're listening right now to Tables, Ladders, and Chairs of the podcast, Dion is going to hook you up. Just use discount code CHAIRS, that's C-H-A-I-R-E-S, at checkout to save 10%. Don't miss out, guys. Check out stackofcards.com. That's stackofcards, with a Z, dot com, for all your trading card needs. And don't forget to use code CHAIRS at checkout. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast. You know who I am, and you know that it's Friday, and that means it's time for the show. A new episode today. Um, First off, I want to start by thanking Phil Strum. Last week, he jumped on with me to preview WrestleMania Backlash. Uh, As I said last week, I did not have a guest lined up for last week, so it was kind of a last-minute thing, but it worked out great. And I always love talking to Phil about wrestling. So, Phil, if you're listening, thanks again for jumping on, buddy. I really appreciate it. Um, Today, we have the guys from the Card Foundation podcast, Johnny and Danny Tancredi and Papa Bear Paul. We get into a lot today. We get into, obviously, wrestling trading cards, a little bit of baseball trading cards. We talk about throwing crotch chops in the 90s. What is the proper way to throw a crotch chop? You, you, You know, you go... Just the regular way, down off to the sides of your legs, or do you throw the X? We get into that debate. We talk about their holy grails of wrestling cards. We talk about Papa Bear Paul not even knowing when his show comes out, his own podcast. He didn't even know when it came out. Um, What else we talk about? We talk about action figures, memorabilia, WWE's most wanted treasures. And on top of all of that, in the middle of us recording, Corey Kluber of the New York Yankees threw a no-hitter, so we divert a little bit to that but uh we bring it back around to wrestling so there's a lot of great talk during this interview i was so excited to get these guys on board um i can't thank them enough for being on the show so that's coming up a little later on in the show stick around for that but before we get there i do want to talk about a couple things that i think are newsworthy to talk about here um i don't just housekeeping to go along today so it's not going to be too much but there are a few things i want to just talk about, get off my chest a little bit. Um, 
First off, WrestleMania Backlash was this past week. Go back and listen to my WrestleMania Backlash recap and review show. That's available now on the feed, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Overall, real quick, I thought it was actually a really good pay-per-view. I thought the matches, for the most part, were really good. I enjoyed them. Uh, Unfortunately, this was the same show that had a whole bunch of zombies on it. So that kind of you know, put a damper on the pay-per-view for me. But overall, if you take that match out of the equation, it was a really good pay-per-view. And besides that match, I would recommend anybody go back and watch WrestleMania Backlash just for, you know, the good matches that were on it. I thought every match, Cesaro and Roman, really good main event, really good story. Roman firing on all cylinders right now. We've been saying it for weeks and months here on the show. Roman is on another level. Uh, The Mysterios are the new SmackDown Tag Champs. I thought it was a great match. Um, They defeated Rude and Ziggler, who had a good run. I did not expect them to hold the titles as long as they did when they won them back in January. But, you know, uh, here we are, five-month reign. Really good, and they're a part of history because they lost to the first-ever father and son team to win the tag team titles. So, overall, it was a good show. Go back and check it out. Listen to our review show, uh, again, on the podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts. Moving on to this week's big stories, I guess we'll start with AEW. The end of May, Memorial Day weekend is, this time of year, is always seems to be just big for AEW. They have Double or Nothing last year, and I believe they even had it, yeah, they had it in 2019 as well. So Double or Nothing is one of their biggest pay-per-views. I, some would argue it is their biggest pay-per-view, um, but... That's coming up. So this is a really important time for AEW. And this past week, they announced that starting in 2022, January of 2022, they will be moving from TNT to TBS for Dynamite. In addition, they will be adding a second show called Rampage starting August 13th. So that's a lot to take in. Um, AEW is still a new company, and it's crazy to think that they've been operating more during a pandemic than they've been operating without a pandemic. So it's a testament to them that they're able to stay afloat um, during this time for such a new company. However, I don't really know if AEW moving to TBS is really a good thing. TBS and TNT obviously are owned by uh, Warner Media, And to me, TNT is the bigger channel. Um, If you were asking me which channel I would want to show on between those two, I would say TNT. Um, But with that said, all of the sports leagues want their shows on TNT as well. And unfortunately for AEW, the NBA and the NHL get precedent over them when it comes to uh, time slots on TNT. And I believe the NHL has a new deal starting next year with the season and the times of the games and the channels. Um, I don't a hundred percent know what's going on with that, but from what I've heard, the NHL new deal has affected AEW and starting in January, they're going to move over to TBS. Um, hopefully it works out for them. Like I said, I'd rather be on TNT, but you, you look at, a lot of the things from the 80s with uh, Dusty Rhodes and WCW and early 90s and everything, there was wrestling on TBS at one point. So I could see where AEW is going to spin this into a positive. And who knows? It might be positive. It might be. 
we're going to have to wait and see till January to see if it works out for them. But they're averaging just under a million viewers a week. Uh, hopefully that audience continues with them over to TBS. Obviously that first show on TBS in January is going to be unreal, loaded, stacked, because they're going to want as many eyeballs on their new channel as possible. I'm just curious to see how it affects it. Will the numbers stay the same? Will the numbers go down? Will they go up? I don't know, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. And uh, August 13th, 10 p.m., Dynamite premieres on TNT. I don't know how I feel about this one, though. So here we go. I'm all about more wrestling. I think that there is such thing as too much wrestling. But overall, I think that AEW adding a third hour would be good for them. I like that it's not consistent with Dynamite, meaning we are not going to have to sit through three hours of Dynamite because, as we've seen over on Raw, three hours is a long time for a wrestling show. It's a really long time. So I'm happy that that is on a separate night. The problem is that I could see is you already have two hours of Dynamite. Now you're going to have an hour of Rampage. And over on YouTube on Tuesdays, you have AEW Dark and also AEW Dark Elevation. Now, full disclosure, I don't watch those shows. I'll watch the highlights of them. If something happens, something good, I'll see on Twitter or whatever. I'll check them out. But sometimes those dark shows on YouTube go up to four hours. And I get it. You want these guys to get as much time as possible in the ring and stuff like that. I, I, I understand that. But now having three hours of TV on you know cable television i think continuing to use dark and dark elevation it's just gonna be too much you're asking your audience to now check out upwards of six or seven hours of content in addition to the majority of them who do watch wwe or impact so i think one of the things that benefits aew is that dynamite is two hours it's action-packed it's hard-hitting all the way through so Adding more and more and more content, I think, can hurt them in the long run. But if they're going to, you know, limit dark or dark elevation to, you know, one hour, if you're going to cap it at one hour and then you have four hours of content a week, okay, I'm okay with that. Um, I'm also curious to see, will Rampage be kind of like Dynamite? Will we be seeing, like, Kenny Omega the Young Bucks, uh, Inner Circle, Pinnacle, all on Rampage as well? Or will Rampage be more of a show for the guys who aren't being used or are being used on Dark and Dark Elevation? We'll have to see. But um, I'm not going to complain about more Dynamite yet. I hope that some adjustments are made to Dark and Dark Elevation with the addition of Rampage. But we'll see. That premieres August 13th, 10 p.m. on TNT. Um, other big news coming out of the week, it hasn't been 100% confirmed, but The Miz apparently has torn his ACL. Um, that sucks. That really sucks for him. As a, a torn ACL is a tough injury to come back from. It, it can be done, but it's tough to come back from. And he's up there in age. He's, he's up there in age for a wrestler, I'll say. he's. I want to say he's 40. He, he might be uh, a year above 40 or a year below 40, but he's right around 40. So he is a little older to have to come back from such a devastating injury, but I think he'll do it. I think he'll be all right. Um, it just sucks because he is one of the most all around 
best performers on WWE TV. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. We even talked about this a couple weeks ago when he won the title um, at the Elimination Chamber. I guess it's now a couple months ago. But he doesn't get the credit he deserves. He is a insane insanely good performer and there's not too many guys better than him on the mic that's one of the good things about him being injured though after he recovers um nothing's good about him being injured but it's one of the positives i could see he is so good on the mic that once he recovers enough you know he obviously is going to have surgery most likely um this is all just rumors it hasn't been officially reported by wwe but all signs point to he tore his acl at wrestlemania backlash unfortunately in that match with the zombies so that's makes it even worse but um that's one of the good things about Miz he can talk and once he recovers you know from his surgery you could still have him on TV cutting promos and talking and hosting Miz TV um obviously he can't get hit no contact because you don't want him to further injure his knee but you could have him on TV theoretically however I think absence makes the heart grow fonder. And if you keep him off TV for upwards of a year, which is what could be the recovery time for a torn ACL, then I'm all about that too. I think that having him come back, let's see, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February. February would be nine months, March, 10 months. So that's probably what it could be. So he could be back in time for WrestleMania next year. And, um, May, who knows, maybe even the Rumble. The Rumble might be pushing it a little bit, but it could be the Rumble. So he'd be a great candidate to come back for the Royal Rumble um, if he's healthy enough to. But um, best wishes to The Miz. I hope he recovers quickly. One of my favorites to watch. So uh, best wishes, Miz. Speaking of Raw, Kofi Kingston is getting a new push on Raw, it seems. Um, it could be just a one-time thing. But it also could be a little bit of a push. We uh, we have we came off the Braun Drew Lashley triple threat at WrestleMania Backlash. Good match, like I said earlier. Go check out that show minus the zombie match. Um, but Raw is lacking top baby faces, top new exciting baby faces. Drew McIntyre has been running that show for the last year and a half now, and don't get me wrong. He's great. He he puts on great matches. He can talk. He can cut a promo. My problem is that he's been the guy for the last year and a half. And sometimes the guy needs to take a step back and let somebody else get that spot. And it's not his fault. I'm talking about creative. Pulling Drew back a little bit and putting somebody else in that spot uh, for the time being. Obviously, Drew is going to be a, a future WWE champion again at some point. And that's a different story for a different day because I think Drew McIntyre is a prime candidate to get drafted over to SmackDown if and when the draft happens because I do think Drew needs a change of scenery. But for the time being, we need new top guys on Raw. And this past week on Raw, Kofi Kingston beat Randy Orton in the 9 o'clock hour. And then just at 11 o'clock, he beat Bobby Lashley, pinned the WWE champion. Um, there was a little bit of a distraction finish, but that's okay, I guess, because he still pinned him clean. He was able to keep him down. He didn't hit him with a chair or a weapon or anything. He pulled a quick one on him, and I'm okay with that. Um, look, I love Kofi. I think he's great. I think he is in now that Dolph Ziggler spot from last year. 
um, at this exact time, pretty much. You are in the middle of a transition from WrestleMania to SummerSlam. Now, SummerSlam, me and Phil talked about it last week. I'm thinking we're going to get Lashley Brock at SummerSlam this year with fans in attendance, and I'm all about that. But you got to fill content. You got to fill two or three months before we get there. And Kofi Kingston, being a former WWE champion, he's a credible threat. You can always you can always go back on these former champions, which is why you know, like I said, it happens with Dolph Ziggler pretty much every other year. There's no way, no way, Kofi is beating Bobby Lashley. I I don't see it happening. But I think it'll be a nice little feud, a nice little storyline. And um, I think it's a good pay-per-view match. I think Kofi's awesome in the ring. Lashley's good in the ring, too. So uh, the match itself will be good. The story, Kofi Mania 2, can he do it? Could it happen again? The story's there. Um, And honestly, you do a Lashley-Kofi feud for a little while, and you could tie this into Brock Lesnar's return. Back in 2019, Kofi lost the WWE title to Brock on the first SmackDown on Fox. So he, there's a story that could be told with Kofi and Brock. Do I think we're going to get that full story? No, but you bring Brock back, Kofi and Lashley are kind of at the end of their feud sometime early summer. I definitely think there's a story there that could tie into Brock Lesnar. But uh, overall, Kofi Mania 2, I don't think it will happen. I'd like to see it happen one day, but I don't think now is the time. But I'm excited for the matches that we're going to get between Kofi and Lashley, hopefully. Finally, before we get going here, I want to just mention the Shawn Michaels A&E biography. I thought it was the best one yet. I thought the Stone Cold Steve Austin one and the Roddy Piper ones were really good. So was Booker T, but this Shawn Michaels one, and I'm probably just biased because, like I've said many times on the show, I'm a diehard Shawn Michaels fan. He's my favorite of all time. He's the greatest. He's the GOAT. Any of those things you want to say, he's the best. I also liked how, unlike the Randy Savage one, when they talked about Sean's problems, and they talked about it. They talked about the alcohol. They talked about the drugs. They talked about the partying. They talked about it all. But unlike the Randy Savage one, it didn't seem like they were just trying to bury him. They said, you know what? He had these problems, and he defeated him. And I kind of think, kind of like Randy Savage, he had his problems too, but at the end of his life, he had defeated him. He was living his life. He was living what seemed to be a happy life with his wife in Florida. And he, you know, wasn't having these problems anymore that he did when he was younger. It also doesn't help that Randy wasn't around to be interviewed for his documentary because Sean was, and Sean was able to explain himself. And you know what? I got to give Sean credit because he, he didn't say, he didn't, he didn't make excuses. He said back in the day, you know, he partied, he, he did drugs and everything. And thankfully for him and his family and his life, he found God and changed it all around in 2002. And he arguably went on to have a better career from 2002 to 2010 than he did from 87 to 98. It's really just an absolute incredible story. Guy gets hurt, breaks his back, misses four years of in-ring time, and comes back to be even better than he was when he left. Just unreal. The story of Shawn Michaels is just absolutely an amazing story and just an amazing career. And 
you can see how many people Shawn Michaels influenced so many people and you can see it in NXT. You see, they talk to the Johnny Gargano's and the Adam Coles and all these guys in NXT now who are being trained by Shawn Michaels, a guy they grew up idolizing. These guys are in their early thirties. So when Shawn won the title in 1996, they were, you know, at most 10 years old. And it's just really cool to see Shawn influence multiple generations, but be able to influence this generation in the sense that he's actually there teaching them hands-on the business and teaching them everything he's learned. And it's just really cool to see. With the exception of the Macho Man one, I really thought that, I really think that these A&E biographies are really good. I really have enjoyed them, and I'm hoping we got three more left. I believe Bret Hart, Mick Foley, and Ultimate Warrior. And I'm looking forward to seeing how those ones go. Uh, listen, if if the Macho Man one was the only is the only one in the series that puts a sour taste in my mouth, then I'm okay with it. Um, if these last three are kind of like the Macho Man one, then maybe we'll have to reevaluate. But so far, it seems you know they've aired six of them so far, five of them so far, and you know four out of the five were really good. So. We'll see what happens with the next couple three, but uh, check them out if you have, and check out the Shawn Michaels one on A&E. I believe they have an app on Roku, Apple TV, so go check that out. Guys, before we get into this interview, let's get some business out of the way. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash TLChairsPod, Twitter.com at BrianChairs7, at TLChairsPod, same thing with Instagram. Go to YouTube, search Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast. I'm going to be putting up the video version of today's interview with the guys from the Card Foundation later today, so that will be up as well. Um, We had a little snafu with Apple Podcasts. We had to move the feed over, so we are on a new feed on Apple. Uh, I'm posting links on social media, so just click it. You might have to resubscribe. Please resubscribe. Please rate the show. Please leave some reviews. Really appreciate it. I can't tell you how much ratings and reviews help a podcast and help me specifically. Um, So really, I appreciate anything you guys could do with that. Um, Other than that, I guess we got all the business out of the way. Let's get to the interview with the Card Foundation guys. Check out their podcast. Every Thursday, they release new episodes. So check them out and enjoy this interview. Uh, It was a pleasure to have Johnny, Danny, and Papa Bear Paul on the show. And I'm really looking forward to you guys hearing it. All right, guys, joining me right now are the guys from the Card Foundation podcast. You can catch their new episodes every Thursday. Ladies and gentlemen, we got Danny and Johnny Tancredi and Papa Bear Paul. How's it going, guys? What's What's up? up? What's up? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for having us on. I'll give you one of these. I don't like to throw these around, but what? (laughs) (laughs) Coming in hot. Wow, what a start. I, I think we could retire right there. That was it. Cue <laughs> <laughs> the, the sound off music. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys, we're going to get to your podcast, The Card Foundation, in a little bit. But before we, before we get there, I want to talk to you guys about how you all became a fan of wrestling. Um, so just tell me where it all began for you guys. Age before beauty, fellas. That means Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Old man, Paul. How did I become a wrestling fan? Probably my dad. I remember my dad just put it on, and uh, we were just watching it and watching early, a little bit older than you guys. So I was watching like Saturday morning wrestling, was a little bit interested, but it really took off in the attitude era for me with uh, Stone Cold, The Rock, and DX. 
And, you know, we did have the hot box, or I don't know if you guys know what that is, the uh, the pay-per-view box. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You can watch oh, yeah. all, all the wrestling shows. <laughs> and when we had that, we could watch all the pay-per-views. And that's just where it went, like, insane. So I was a fan of it. And then I met Brian, who we all know, in, uh, I want to say, like, seventh grade. And I thought I was a fan. And then I got invited to go to his house and basically go to his room as a in seventh grade, his room was basically like a museum, a shrine to wrestling figures and wrestling, all poster. So being a friend of his made me even a bigger fan of wrestling. So Brian really kept it going. Where I was just kind of a regular fan to wearing the shirts and going nuts. I didn't transition over to ECW like he did, but I was just a big WWE guy, throwing suckets all around. <laughs> nice. Yeah, the suckets, man. Back back in middle school, high school, the suckets were where it was at. You you oh, you yeah. didn't live if you were a wrestling fan and you uh didn't get sent to the principal's office for throwing a sucket at least once. Oh, hundred percent. My question to you guys is is were you a sucket X guy or sucket uh crotch guy? Uh definitely crotch. a crotch guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, was I, I did the guy. X. I did the X. I, I took over uh Mike Tyson, where he was just kind of going for yeah. it. Coast down, coast down. He did was just going for it. He was just going for it. Yeah, I was just I I actually was just, think no X. I think it's kind of like the uh, the mood I would be in. Like if it was just something casual, you go at the crotch shop. But then if like you're getting a little more aggressive, you just throw X's out there. Yeah, <laughs> or like if you're posing for a picture, you would do the the full X. But yeah, if yes. you're just like, sure. but if you were, you know, 10 years old telling somebody to suck it and not even know what that even means, you were doing the crotch chop for sure. I got to release yeah. the photo of me, Brian, and somebody else after we won a championship in baseball throwing the suck it sign that was like releasing the, the our local <laughs> newspaper. That's nice. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> so, Johnny, Danny, what about you guys? How'd you guys become fans of wrestling? Uh, so I'll go next because I'm the older. Uh, older stuff the Tancredis, the I'm the older brother. Um, but it was actually Danny who got me into it being younger. So we got into it probably like 1997, 98. Uh, Danny was younger than me, and I was probably about seven or eight at the time. And we I remember the first pay-per-view we watched was Starcade 1997 with Sting and Hogan, and on the hot box, like Papa Bear just mentioned. And <laughs> oh, that was it. Bad. Ever since then, it was like we couldn't get enough. Every Monday night, we watched Monday Nitro until it was time to go to sleep. And then, you know, we would either tape Raw or, you know, sometimes we would even sneak, you know, staying up and watching Raw as much as we can. And then, you know, the sec I would say the second biggest like pay per view in our fandom, or at least in my fandom, was WrestleMania 14. That was the pay per view that I really, I was all in. The Attitude Era has just basically had begun at that point. And I we I mean, we were all in with the figures and the merch, the t-shirts. We were watching every pay-per-view. Was, that was when we were 100% invested. And we were young. And I was WrestleMania 14. I was seven. Danny was like two or three. He was like three years old. So wow. it was uh, – we got started pretty young. And then from there, it was just growing up. You know, we were teenagers, still into it. Uh, once I was in like high school, I kind of slowed down a lot. I wasn't watching it all the time. I would watch it, you know, every now and then when I got a chance. And then after college, I'd say it picked up again uh, with the network. So yeah. once the WWE network came out, I was going back rewatching all the old pay per views. I was watching all the ECW stuff. And from there, it just spiraled. I got into some of the indie stuff, some of the J Japanese stuff. So um, yeah, that's basically the origin story. 
Nice. I like that. I actually am just a couple years older than you guys, and I started watching in 1996. So right around that same time, probably about a year or two before you guys. But um, that was a cool time. I know a lot of people kind of get on like 95 96 because it wasn't the best years but yeah that was my that was my childhood so like i look back at those years fondly no matter how like stupid they were but like you said 1997 98 the attitude era that was the best man you we just talked about it the crotch chops like that's peak attitude era wrestlemania 14 yeah Yeah, for sure i think in my opinion 97 is the best year in wrestling between what was going on in WWF, what was going on in WWE or WCW, ECW. I mean, to me, that was the best era, in my opinion. But um, yeah, 95, 96 to 98 is peak for us. Definitely. Were you guys, you said, you mentioned you were WCW guys. Were you the guys who, um, my friends did this. I never did it because I was strictly a WWF fan. They would watch Nitro from eight to nine. And then at nine, they would switch over and watch raw was, was that something you guys did oh yeah for sure yeah yeah i mean uh, me, i, I had yeah pop bear i was like i was more of a we on the whole time once it's a commercial switched over to wcw see what was going on okay. there and I, then I'd, I'd come back and i'd i was mainly majority we and then i'd see what was going on wcw but i just remember my mind being blown when uh was it rick rude was on both Yes. I remember, I remember screaming to my dad, like, how could he be in both places? I was like, the arenas <laughs> must be next to each other. They must be next to each other. And I don't think he knew either, to be honest with you. That was one was pre-recorded. <laughs> but I remember that. But I was primarily WWE, and I would switch over to WCW. What about yeah, you, Danny? I, I, have nice. zero, I have zero recollection of even getting into wrestling, being so young. And just passing it along to Johnny and and watching it. Our youngest brother, too, Michael, was also a wrestling fan at the time. So, I mean, for me, it was kind of just like bouncing back and forth. We would be WCW, but then we would switch to WWF either if it was bad segments, if we would just go back and forth during commercials. Some days we would watch just Raw. Some days we would watch just WCW. So kind of just a mix of everything. We just couldn't kind of get enough of it. Like, I was fully immersed in everything wrestling at the time, whether it was collecting action figures. I'm a bone cruncher guy, so collecting all the bone crunchers, you know, going to the Tri-County Flea Market in Long Island, New York, which is where we're all from, and going to get bootleg t-shirts from the Tri-County Flea Market. So, like, we would just wear wrestling shirts, play with wrestling figures. We would wrestle each other and go back and forth and get punished for just absolutely destroying the house, pretending we were climbing furniture like it was ladders. So it was such a fun time in our childhood. It wouldn't change anything about it. And that kind of start, that was the roots for us as wrestling fans. And it, it's continued all the way through to today. Yeah. And like being so young too, it was tough because we had like, we had a bedtime, you know, I was in 97, I was seven yeah. years old. So it wasn't like we could stay up till 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock every night watching wrestling or Mondays watching wrestling. So that's why we really got into WCW because it started earlier. So like, our, our mom would let us stay up, you know, from nine to ten or from eight to nine, the first hour of Nitro. And then, you know, we would like sneak the intro music to Raw and like try to get as much as we can in before our mom was like, all right, like you guys got school in the morning, can't stay up. And then that's when we would tape it on our VCR or, um, you know, try to catch clips of it on the weekend. So it was uh, it was tough being that young and wanting to watch so much of it. And we just couldn't. Well, what was kind of clutch, though, from what I recall, is the best of VHSs. 
So those best of VHSs that kind of have like, you know, best of 97, best of 98. Now you're watching all the highlights in an hour or two VHS. It makes it a lot easier to kind of keep track of things, go back and look at your favorite memories and moments. Yeah. You know, I remember specific things about The Rock and Austin running around, just absolutely destroying each other. Then you got DX and all the top guys and, you know, those VHSs and, and taping was was massive. Yep. Absolutely. You guys mentioned like taping like the uh, the Monday Night Raw and Nitro and everything. Do, do you still have those? No. Nope. Oh, man. You know, it, I know it would have been so clutch so great. And yeah, like just to have them. I have a buddy who has everything he ever taped, like pay-per-views, Raw, still on VHS. And I'm like, dude, you got to do something with those. Like those are wow. too, too precious to have. For sure. So I uh, used to tape yeah. the Simpsons. Moving on. I never tape wrestling. <laughs> big Simpson taper. <laughs> nice. Uh, moving on. Who was your guys' favorite wrestler when you first started watching? When I since I'm when I'm older, when I first started watching, I just remember Sean Bretton Razor being my favorite. And then when I got older, yep. switched over to like Stone Cold and The Rock. And that, and then DX too. So I, I was I was never really too loyal to anybody. I was really like, that's my guy. I, w- I would jump ship. I, you know, it was champion who's hot, who's throwing suckets. So I was very, <laughs> I was very, you know, with the wind, whatever was hot at the moment. So I definitely was bouncing around a lot, but those were kind of my guys. Nice. I was a Sean guy starting watching in 96. Okay. What about you guys, uh, Johnny and Danny? Definitely a stone cold guy. Um, it's hard not to be when you're, yeah. you know, eight years old and he's flipping everybody off and he's, you know, giving Vince McMahon the stunner and, and everyone, he's drinking beer and everybody loved him. I mean, it was, he was like the man. Um, so really for me, it was Austin and DX and then yep. the NWO for WCW. Yep. I was, uh, if you smell, I was always a, a huge rock guy and that used to create huge, huge wars between Johnny and I, because odds are Austin was always coming out on top. And at the time when you're a kid, (laughs) it's kind of just like you, it's real. It's, you don't think of it being scripted or like fake or anything like that. So the rock losing to Steve Austin was like, that's heartbreaking. Like I would hysterically cry every time the rock lost. Cause I was just so invested. So into it. And it definitely caused uh, some rifts between Johnny and I, but we were the same for WCW. I was also a Hogan guy. I was an NWO guy, and I actually recall the first Halloween costume I ever dressed up as as a wrestler was NWO Hulk Hogan. Let's get a picture of that. I have to oh, there, it. I, there is I'll a picture of it. The, uh, <laughs> to the IG. Yeah, we do have a picture. <laughs> I, I was Austin. Danny was Hogan and NWO Hogan, and our youngest brother, Michael, was the Undertaker. Um, Which is, when you see the picture, the funniest thing you'll ever see. It. It's, yeah, I'll have to send that out. It's, it's, it's really funny. <laughs> We definitely have to see that. Paul, were you ever a uh, dress up as a wrestler for Halloween? Was I dress up as a wrestler? He I dresses like up as Brian his past few years. No, I was a, <laughs> I've been rocking a Stone Cold vest to work recently. So it's not even Halloween. I've just been wearing a Stone Cold vest to work. And uh, my wife <laughs> said to me today, she goes, Why are you wearing that? I go, The boys get a kick out of it. So it's not even Halloween. It's normally wearing my Stone Cold vest. But for Halloween, was I. I want to say I was the warrior once. I had a, a full warrior face mask. 
but that was pretty much all I recall. So, no, I don't dress up for Halloween as wrestlers. Just in my everyday life, I dress up. I just throw a vest on. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you guys, like you said earlier, you guys all grew up and live in Long Island. Um, that's obviously back in the day was a hotbed for the WWE WWF. Did you guys ever attend any memorable shows that you could talk about? I was at the show. I remember the titles. So that was memorable for me. Yeah. For us, it was a highway to hell tour hit Madison square garden. And the main, the main event was a triple threat between Kane undertaker and stone cold. Yeah. That was awesome. Johnny actually almost lit on fire. Because during Undertaker's entrance, <laughs> that's when everyone had the matches out, and Johnny almost got burned. <laughs> oh no! Well, you guys had matches, not lighters. No, they had. It was like it was. Uh, it was all right. Whatever. Yeah, it, was it was lighter. Got to be so yeah, technical. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fire hazard. I'm just saying, it's a fire hazard if you had matches. <laughs> that sounds right. That's, that's awesome, though. I remember, I remember going to um, King of the Ring 2001 in uh, New Jersey, and um, X Pac. It was X Pac and a mystery partner against the Dudleys, and um, you didn't know who the mystery partner was. I go, I'm in the bathroom at this time, taking a leak, and all of a sudden, Kane's pyro goes off, and it scares the oh. shit out of me. <laughs> and I remember, uh. <laughs> I remember, I freaking like was traumatized by it. I was probably 11 years old at the time. And it, this was before his music played, or this was after his music played. It was just the pyro started the music yep. and yep. man, it scared the shit, it scared the shit out of me. Honestly, I remember vividly going to live events and hearing Kane's mute, like pyro and it being like the loudest thing you've ever heard in your life. And you weren't, you don't even yep. be near the ring. You could be yeah. way up there. And it just echoes, and uh, honestly, gave, it shook me to the bone there because I think I had flashbacks of hearing that. Boom! Jesus Christ! But yeah, yeah it was it was definitely an event. <laughs> um, so transitioning now, you guys mentioned the merchandise earlier. What figures did you have as a kid? You you grew up in the '90s, so I'm assuming bone crunchers. Oh yeah. Um, yep. Do you still have those? Your childhood stuff, or is <laughs> the stuff you have new, or? So Danny and I grew up on bone, bone crunchers for sure. Um, we had probably one of everybody, if not doubles of, cause you know, if, if I got a guy, you know, Danny wanted to get him cause you know, God forbid we shared at the time. So we had a lot, we had a lot of doubles of people too. So we actually don't have our childhood stuff cause we, our mom gave it to a family friend um, when we were a little older, she had kept it, you know, up until we were probably like teenagers and then there was a, we had a family friend and they had a son who was really young, who was really into it. So she gave him all of our stuff. Um, so every bone cruncher that we have now has been bought within the last couple of years. Um, so I know I have a bunch and I know Danny has a bunch. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were, I would say WWF bone crunchers, the WCW, um, the San Francisco toy makers. Uh, we had a bunch of those, like the, I remember the vibrating ones and, and, the hard plastic ones. And then eventually that went to, uh, was it the toy biz? I think the, yep. um, like the different, whatever the hook, the, uh, ones with like the magnet on their hands. And, um, they had some crazy stuff, but yeah, we had basically anyone who was on TV. We had to get. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Paul? Were you a figure guy when you were a kid? I, 
I, I remember buying figures, but I wasn't too crazy with it. I remember the things I liked the most was the small figures with the small ring. And it would be like eight guys that would come with it. I mean, it was like, it was like Chainsaw Charlie, Cactus Jack. And it would be like the small ring. And I'd buy yep. I was big into all those because you basically got the ring and all the guys in one shot. So I was big into that. But, yeah, that's pretty much – I remember just getting a lot of the signature series, I recall, with uh, the signatures on the, the Bone Cruncher's legs. Yep. So I remember having that a lot. But yep. I wasn't I wasn't too crazy. I never had more than, like, 20 to 25. I, I probably never had more than that. I'm actually rebuying all of the older Bone Crunchers I've had. So it's a nice little project I'm working on that I'm just piecing together as I go. I do appreciate the fact that they haven't risen in value as much as people probably anticipated back then. So it's nice being able to get affordable figures and not having to spend $100 or $150 on a Hasbro or you know anything like that. So I'm definitely back into the Bone Crunchers, and that's probably the main focus of my current wrestling figure collection that I have. I like that. I got I got to do that. I've been thinking about that and pushing it off for a while, but I have to bite the bullet and just start re-getting those bone crunchers because that, you know, like I said, we grew up in the 90s, so that's th- those are our childhood, so I got to get them again. Yep. Yeah, you got to get them now before everything goes on. I think it's, it, it's, oh, everything's sure. going in like kind of – it's all going in order of the price of it going up, and bone crunchers seems like it's next on that list. That's a really good point. Definitely. Yeah. Speaking of stuff rising in value, let's get into it. You guys host the Card Foundation podcast. Let's talk about some trading cards. Um, first off, how how did you guys come up with the idea to start the Card Foundation podcast? So, I, guess I can't I'll, wait I'll to hear Papa Bear's up. answer. This is this is gonna be. Actually, <laughs> we should just let Papa Bear start. Yeah, no, no. I like when you guys go first, and I correct you, and I correct you. So go ahead. Yeah, it's like a revisionist history with with Papa Bear. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, so Danny and I, Danny and I started a baseball card podcast about a year and a half ago, uh, called the Caught Looking Podcast, and that was basically the Card Foundation podcast, but baseball centric. So. We talk about you know different the different cards yep. and memorabilia and stuff like that. Um, so that was going for about a year, and I was talking to Danny and I, we said, you know what, we should do this for wrestling. At the time, we were buying a lot of, re- of wrestling cards and really like back into the into the wrestling card game, and obviously being uh, avid listeners of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast and you know belonging to their uh, Patreon Facebook group and everything. You know, our a lot of our collecting at the time was wrestling centric. So we had discussed, you know what, let's make a second show uh, based on just wrestling cards. And we decided to go with the Card Foundation. And we started, we had about an episode or two. And to go back a little bit, Papa Bear became, we became friends with Papa Bear through Caught Looking. So we would talk to Papa Bear about some baseball cards and some investments that he had made and some cards that he was buying and going back and forth and when we decided to do the card foundation, Papa Bear, we were messaging back and forth, and he was like, "You know, I'm in. Um, I definitely want to jump on this." And we, instead of having him just be a a guest every now and then, we made him a permanent part of the show. So that was like two episodes in, and uh, it's been nothing but fun and <laughs> sunshine and rainbows ever since with with Papa Bear. <laughs> All right, Pop, very ahead. Good. Tell so, your side of the story. Yeah, let's let's so hear your side. side <laughs> my side is some of that's true. Most of that's true. Um, 
I guest starred on their uh, Caught Looking podcast, and I was talking big into wrestling cards. I think wrestling cards is undervalued right now. I think it's only going to go up, and that's where I'm spending majority of my money. I'm switching over from baseball to collecting wrestling cards, but I think that's better investment purposes. Then I see they probably talk to each other, Johnny and Daniel, like, that's a really good idea that Pop Bear had. We should start a wrestling card podcast. <laughs> then they start that podcast. And I'm thinking to myself, well, not only do they take my idea, they need my help. <laughs> so then I message them like, hey, let me know when you need me on the show, knowing they're going to be like, hey, we need you full time. And then boom, they asked me full time. It all it all played perfectly, exactly like I thought it was. And it's been, uh, it's been fun ever since. I think well, it's been we, great. we actually all click, you know, it's, it's almost like a perfect combination because you got Johnny who has always been a collector first. He gravitates towards the superstars that, you know, he enjoys watching the promotions that he enjoys watching, you know, just like he does with baseball as well. Papa bear is really into investing. He's looking to buy, make money, buy low, turn it into big profit, which both sides of what we're looking at in the hobby today is perfectly normal, perfectly acceptable. I'm someone that's kind of in yeah. between. So I value collect. So I like purchasing things that I enjoy for my PC that I'm never going to sell, but I specifically buy certain things as well to potentially make a profit on. So when you combine the three of us, it's all different perspectives of collecting and investing within the wrestling card hobby. So it's just, it's a perfect trio to, you know, to do this podcast. Well, Papa Bear also had the background in grading. So yes. we, you know, we originally, a lot of our interactions also with Papa Bear in the beginning were uh, because he was working at uh, Filth Bomb and helping them with their grading at the time. So we really wanted to bring Papa Bear in also because of his bring Papa Bear knowledge because of his knowledge with the um with the grading and you know taking submissions and, and all that kind of stuff so that was kind of another reason why uh other than just you know us getting along and um you know eventually becoming yeah i mean we were we became friends and it was just a natural you know it was just a natural thing to do yeah i got big i got really went zero to 100 in grading real quick i never had a card graded and the next i know i have hundreds of cards getting graded within three months. I just saw the opportunity in wrestling where you could buy, when I was buying like the Undertaker's rookie card for $5, if you get it graded and it gets a high grade, like a PSA 10, that card's like a $500 card. That's just an example. I just saw such potential in that. And I'm, I still do. I still think so. And that's really my mindset and just kind of see what the next rookie card, what the next star is going to be and um, get it graded and hopefully turn a little money into a lot of money. I do have a PC, though. I do collect cards. You guys think I just flip everything. I do have a very nice <laughs> PC. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, one of the reasons I like your guys' podcast is because you, the three of you have chemistry. And like you were explaining, Danny, that you all bring something different to the table, and it just gels together. Me, if I had to say which one of you I was like, I'm like you, Danny. I have... I get the stuff that I want for my favorite wrestlers to keep in my personal collection. And then, you know, the stuff that you guys talk about on the show that you say might be worth money. I'm on eBay the next day buying it up because <laughs> I want to have it to invest in. So I, yeah. um, I definitely see both sides of it. And, you know, the podcast is great. 
Um, I love it. And the chemistry you guys have is just really good. Paul, you said you're into wrestling cards more. Danny and Johnny, is that what you're focusing on right now, the wrestling cards, or are you more interested in the baseball cards? I I would say wrestling cards right now. Um, because yeah. like what Paul said, there there's a lot of potential in this market. And even like being, you know, coming into this, I was more of a collector for my PC and they would always joke around like, oh, Johnny's never going to submit anything to PSA or, you know, whatever. And I actually, I still haven't yet, but I have a stack of cards now that I'm getting ready for July because talking to Paul and Danny all day long, it's really changed my perspective on, you know, you can be a, a quote unquote investor or you could pick up things that have investment value without breaking the bank. And that's really what we like to focus on with the show too is, you know, we're not going to tell you guys all the time, oh, yeah, go out and buy, you know, an 85 Hulk Hogan card. Well, it's pretty obvious, you know, it's, it's one of the more expensive cards within the hobby. So everyone seems to know that if you're a wrestling card collector, we're trying to find what the next big thing is going to be, you know, whether that is, you know, the, the Panini sticker cards or, you know, whoever's rookie card, whether it's John Cena or someone else, Roman Reigns. But that's where I really got, you know, kind of changed my perspective on where I'm collecting because a lot of those guys, like say a Roman Reigns, you know, his rookie card's 30 bucks. Now, if you get it and get a nice grade, that could be a nice little piece in your collection, you know, in a couple of years from now. And you're not spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars like you would in other sports. So I would say for me personally, I've been really focusing a lot on the wrestling card market. And, you know, like Danny said too, you know, buying on the cheaper end and, you know, looking to get maximum value down the road. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm all over the place. I would say that, I'm never really concentrated on one specific thing at a time. You know, being someone that watches baseball and wrestling weekly, I'm, I'm in every sport. So when football season comes around, I'll be watching football, basketball playoffs. I'll be watching basketball playoffs. So really, I try to seek out certain players and certain stars that I think are undervalued and could have that long term gain where, hey, his card's five bucks right now. This guy's too talented for his card to be five bucks. Let me jump on it. So an example, I could give two examples on that really, is I would say about a month or two ago on the Quote Looking podcast, Johnny and I had mentioned to collectors to collect Shohei Otani, who, for those who don't know, he's a player for the Los Angeles Angels, and he's a pitcher and a hitter. So he's the only one in baseball that really does that. So some of his cards were going for like five, 10 bucks. You know, Raw, some of his graded 10 cards were only going for like 50, 60. All of a sudden, he comes out this season and he's going absolute ballistic. He's leading the league in home runs. Now his graded 10 card is worth 250. You know, we were buying those cards all day long at five, 10 bucks. So that's a moment where I thought, wow. hey, I'm watching spring training. He's too undervalued. Let me jump on it. A wrestling example I'll give is Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns about two months ago, that $30 card that Johnny had just mentioned was really a $10, $15 card. And it's actually almost doubled and tripled in value in two, three months. One, because the wrestling card game is now as hot as it's ever been. And two, the guy's the biggest star in WWE. Why aren't people collecting his rookie cards? So I bought three or four of them at the time. Just, you know, I wanted to have them and then send some to get graded and then keep some for my collection. You can't go wrong if you're buying multiples of the same guy. You could always sell. You could always keep. You have kind of the best of both worlds. I strongly Definitely. agree. With I, I, you have confidence in it, buy multiples. Don't just buy one because... Uh, that Shohei Otani example, I had two of his rookie cards. I had a BGS 9.5 and a PSA 10. 
And I was happy I did because I, I sold the BGS 9.5 and I still got the PSA 10 to hold. And I sold the BGS 9.5 at a, almost at a low value. I sold it when I, I thought he was couldn't get much hotter. And then I think he's even hotter than he was a month ago. So yeah, yeah. I suggest the collectors buy if you if you you want to go in on you know, I'm not saying buy a hundred of this card, but buy a few because if you if you fall in love with it, you're gonna it's gonna be hard for you to sell. And having two makes it a lot easier. Having three makes it even easier. Yep. Definitely. I want to ask you guys about the rush of pulling something valuable or just something you like, breaking a box, breaking a pack, ripping it open. Me personally, if I'm at Target, I pick up a pack of cards. I can't wait till I get home. I'm in the car, ripping it open right in the car. Oh, I can't baby. wait. I'm just, I'm dying to know what's in there. And nine times Must out of dang. 10, I'm disappointed. Nine times out of 10, I'm disappointed. And I wish I didn't even buy it because there's nothing. I, I, I barely ever get the hits. But Danny, you said that's you. Brian, we're basically brothers from different mothers is, is what I'm yeah. gathering from this uh, interview here. <laughs> no, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm in the car with the boxer packs. I'm ripping in the car immediately like yeah. there's no hesitation unless like i have multiple boxes that i have to bring home maybe johnny asked me to pick him up something or uh, our youngest brother michael asked for me to pick up something but i'm the same way i'm immediately ripping and there's really it's such a satisfying feeling knowing that you pulled something maybe big that it's worth you know the same amount as the box it's worth triple what you spent on the box or the pack you know it's yep it really is a rush and a thrill and it's a gamble i mean like you said, you there's nothing worse than opening a pack and then seeing that you got absolutely nothing because that's money you could have right. either kept or held on to to maybe buy a loose card on eBay, something that you really wanted. So there's big positives and big negatives. See, I think that's crazy. I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> like what? Now, now, okay, now let me answer your question. You just pulled that big card you wanted. What are you doing with it? You're driving home. You're holding it in your hand like a, like a piece of pizza. <laughs> I, no, Danny I, has penny sleeves. <laughs> I have penny sleeves and top loaders in my car at all times. Yeah, so, so do I. I do too. <laughs> but I still like the steering wheels right there. I'm opening it. I want it. I like to sit at my table, penny sleeve top loaders right there. Yep. One by one. If it's something good, it goes right into the penny sleeve in the top. It, like barely gets to breathe there. It, it, it's in there. It's <laughs> in there. So teach their own. Yeah, teach yeah. your own. I, I get that though. I get that because like I haven't lately, ever since listening to your guys' podcast, and I'm like getting the stuff. I'm either buying it on eBay, so it's coming in the mail. So I have the uh penny sleeves and top loaders ready to go. But you're right, it does suck because you set it on your seat, like the, the raw card, you set it on your seat, you're driving home, you're watching it to make sure it doesn't fall on the floor. Or, hit the back of the seat and the corners get bent. So yeah, it, it does suck too, but I just can't wait. I have to know what's in that box the second <laughs> I get out of that store. I want to ask you guys about a little something I saw on Instagram the other day. If you can't talk about it, we can cut it out of this interview, but I want to know. Uh -oh. It looks like there are Card Foundation podcast autograph cards coming soon. <laughs> yeah, I would say relatively soon, yes. Before he signs it. Well, should, should we give the exclusive? Yeah, let's do it. Let him know. Okay, oh, so, baby. So basically, I don't know if you're going to be there. I don't think we've talked about it yet, but Papa Bear Johnny and I are going to be at Live 8. And we are going to be opening up the show for the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. So we are bringing these cards down as an exclusive 
that we are going to have at our merch table. So the first crack is going to be to anyone at the Live 8 show. We're going to have t-shirts. We're going to have cards. We're going to have hats. We're going to have prints. Everything ready to go to kind of commemorate this first show that we're doing. We're working That's the town. Awesome, man. We're working the town. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're basically turning into uh, into carnies here. <laughs> I, I love it, man. I love it. I think it's a great idea. I have my own shirt up on Pro Wrestling Tees, so like I, I love the merch. So definitely, you guys get some merch. I'll buy a T-shirt. I'll proudly rock that T-shirt. And uh, unfortunately, I won't be at Live Eight. But everybody who's there, buy these cards. Um, they're one of fifty. Is that right? It's actually going to be even limited. So it's probably going to be like one of like forty-five, because us three are going to be keeping some. Okay. I know we used one card as a test, so it's going to be rarer than that. And We'll make sure that we get you one. Yeah. Oh, well, that's what I was going to say. Hey, We're going to make sure that we hook up Brian with, with a card because he was generous enough to let us come onto his show. So we'll definitely be hooking up with one of the uh, one of 40. It's really, it's labeled one of 50, but it's going to end up being like At this one point, of 40 something. Be one of three cards. We're keeping it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Paul's sending like two or three to PSA, see if they can get graded when they <laughs> open up again. Hard, yeah. One of them. <laughs> <laughs> Danny actually we were joking around we, we record on Monday nights and Danny actually you know in all seriousness turns to us when we're zooming and said should I put one of these cards on eBay just to see how it does <laughs> and Papa Bear's like what is wrong with you they're not even released yet we have to wait for that so, so, Danny, so Danny could buy his own product on eBay. No, no, I just listen. I wanted to see what the market would say if we posted on our social media. We have one card available on eBay right now. I just wanted to happen to see what the bid would go for. I don't think there's anything it's wrong already with that. starting. I don't think there's wrong with it. I think you think too much. I think it should be. I think you think it should be like a three thousand uh, dollar your chance with Mike Trout or a rookie card at this point. It's a nice well, listen, card. I've I've been saying it. We're over, brother. Papa Bear doesn't believe it, but we're over. <laughs> you guys are yeah. over. I, I love the show. And, uh, hey, thank you very much for offering me that card. I do appreciate that. Thank you. I, we'll, we'll get you a merch package. I think we should throw everything together as a nice little bundle. <laughs> we'll send it out. You know, we want to take care of friends of the show. And, you know, it's we're all in the same boat. We're either all podcasting, we're all in this hobby together. So anytime you can help out fellow collectors, I mean, that's the big reason why we started the show is because, there's so many new collectors getting into the card hobby and yeah. even veteran collectors that we're constantly always learning from each other. I mean, there's things that I'll just see on Twitter and just be like, wow, I really didn't know that about a certain set or a certain superstar. So we want to make sure that we're taking care of everyone out there. The DMs are always open. So anytime anyone has questions, send them over. I mean, we're answering questions all day long and we really want to make sure that we're, we're doing our part to take care of, you know, the, the same way we are. We're all collectors at the end of the day. Awesome. I love it. And uh, you're right. Every We're all collectors. And like you said, help each other out. I love it. And it's great. Um, before we wind down here, I want to ask you a couple more things before we get to the end here. Um, have you guys seen the WWE Most Wanted Treasure show? Yes. yes. Just watched it all. Big fan. Binged them. That's that's a great show, man. Like, I, you know, some of it's set up and everything like that. But did you guys see the episode? I want to say it was the one with Mick Foley, they're looking for the Mankind shirt. They go down yes. to that guy's basement, and he had all the gear on the mannequins. Yes. yes. Oh, like man. Crazy. Me, as a Shawn Michaels guy, 
I saw those tights from uh, Good Friends, Better Enemies uh, on that mannequin. I was like, oh, man, I, I, I'm i not into that game collecting the ring-worn gear. But, man, that show, when you see stuff like that, I'm like, I, I got to have it. Yeah, I'm. I would say I'm a memorabilia guy. I'm not. I've never dabbled really into gear, but collecting, you know, autograph prints, autograph figures, is something I'm constantly looking at as well. So I've kind of built up a little collection for myself. I mostly focus on baseball because baseball has been my one true love since I've been ever since I could walk and even talk. So that's yeah. usually taking precedent over my wrestling. But I I picked up some nice wrestling pieces. So anytime shows like this come out, I'm I'm all in. I'm invested. I say about that ring worn gear. I wasn't a big ring worn gear guy. I was like, oh, why are people buying that? And then you see the way they display them. And they're like, oh, that's why they're buying them. Like that way you yep. display like mannequin, and some people put it in shadow boxes. I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's cool. You're displaying it properly. Right? So that that is a cool show. It definitely, I think they're doing it right. Obviously, reality shows aren't really reality, but it's definitely interesting. It's you know the backstory behind it, the cool stuff that make it real fun, and. uh it's definitely cool. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe that that one guy that you were saying with the basement. Um, I couldn't believe some of the stuff he had. I mean, I'm a big Bret Hart fan. And, you know, yeah. I saw that he had a couple of Bret Hart pieces. I was like, how does a guy, a, a regular guy get, you know, a hold of some of this stuff? Even, you know, Mick Foley, his mask and whatever. I mean, it was unbelievable. And, and again, like Paul said, I know it's a lot of it's staged and, you know, whatever. But it's still cool to see, you know, some of those relics that, you know, we all kind of grew up and watched those relics on t- our TV. And I hope with all of this, eventually it'll lead to some sort of museum or hall of fame. And cause I would love, you know, I would love to go and see something like that. I agree. I definitely think uh, something like baseball has Cooperstown WWE needs something like that. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So as we wind down, this is a wrestling podcast. I want to know, what are you guys watching today? You guys watching WWE, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, Impact, all of it, none of it? Where are you guys at on today's wrestling? I'm watching WWE through probably Instagram videos, like the highlights on uh, like the wrestlers. Of, like Roman Reigns, I watch all his stuff through his Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching AEW. I like AEW. I'm a big MJF guy. I uh, Max Caster. I like. There's a lot of um, Long Island guys from Creator Pro Academy on there. Yep. So I kind of feel like that. You know, I know some of them. Kind of feel like I trained them, even though I have nothing to do with any of that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Before you continue. Before you continue, you said you feel like you trained them. Didn't you train Zelina Vega? No, no, Vinny, VSK trains Lena Vega. VSK, okay. Right. I knew one of you guys. Yes, I knew somebody. I don't, I don't know why he doesn't brag about that more. Or, again, right. I doubt that's even true, but I don't know. But I like to throw it out there. <laughs> well, how do you think Brian Myers got his mic skills? It's from hanging out with Papa Bear since they've been kids. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I trained Brian. I worked him in his first match in seventh grade, put the kid over. <laughs> he's running out uh, to wrestle Undertaker at WrestleMania. He's running out of main event at WrestleMania. And there you go. If I if I won that match in seventh grade, you know, <laughs> I was running out to WrestleMania. I don't know, but so I put Brian over. And Brian puts all these kids from Creative Pro over. We're all stars at AEW. So, yep, I trained Zelina Vega. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, what about um, you guys? I'm, I agree with Paul. I that's 
WWE wise, that's really how like I'll watch like the highlights on on social media. Um, you know, uh, occasionally I'm mean, when they had the network, I would watch the pay per views. I haven't really uh, checked anything out yet on Peacock, but um, that was a big network guy. I'd go back and watch a lot of that stuff. But right now, I'm really AEW is probably my favorite promotion. I watch religiously every every Wednesday. Um, I love what they're doing over there. It has a very WCW feel to it, mm-hmm. and that's kind of I think what attracted to me in the beginning. And I just there are a lot of like Paul said, you know, MJF and uh, Max Caster. It's cool to see a lot of the local guys. Uh, Chris Statlander's on there, and and they're all in like prominent roles now. You know, they're not uh, even like you know yep. Johnny Silver and Alex Reynolds. You know, these are guys that we were going to cap to watch on a Saturday or a Sunday with you know a hundred other people, and now they're in main stables on AEW every Wednesday night. And so it's like really cool to see that. And um, obviously we have to support, uh, you know, friends of the show, Brian Myers, Matt Cardona on uh, impact. So I, you know, we watch that when we can. And um, yeah, I mean, we're still, we still try to watch as much as we can. Yeah. I, uh, I would say that when baseball season kicks around, we're Johnny and I are diehard Mets fans. So yeah. the Mets got to take president for us, you know, when the season's on, but uh, the DVR is definitely stuffed with. I'm always rewatching AEW's episode. I won't look at the results before, so I want to be genuinely surprised at what happens. And I try to stay off social media. Uh, I would what say Raw. What happened? What a pro. What a pro. <laughs> yeah, I know. So Raw, I kind of slacked off of Raw. I know the results. I'm always looking at the results to see who's winning, who's losing. Like you yeah. know, promo, YouTube, all that stuff. So SmackDown, I would say. I inconsistently watch, but end up watching it if I record it. My two favorite wrestlers are Roman Reigns and Dolph Ziggler, and they're both on the same show, so that makes it kind of easy for me to watch. I would say Impact. It's tough to tape Impact because I didn't have Access TV, so I would have to watch on the internet. I would have to watch on uh, Twitch. So I would always watch it when I can. Definitely check out all the pay-per-views that always come out, always streaming them. So I would say I'm, I'm consistently watching the product always knowing what's going on and you know it's it's sports are te- it's technically my life so it's really wrestling baseball and when the other seasons kick around i like it danny before you said we were brothers from another mother i really yeah. start i really think that is true now um i'm a huge Dolph ziggler fan i oh, love so roman there reigns you go. So this- <laughs> and and on top of that i'm a diehard baseball fan the only Nate, place we differ is that I'm a Yankee fan. You guys like the Mets. That's Oof. okay. At least, at least you guys aren't Boston fans. So I'll Listen, take it. Listen, I always say I hate my division first over the Yankees. Yeah. I hate the Braves. I hate the Phillies. I hate the Nationals and the Marlins. Then the we play the Yankees six times a year. Yeah. I have to worry about the National League. I agree. I agree. Like, like, not, to, uh, not to delve too far away from wrestling, but it's uh, – Looks like Corey Kluber is two outs away from a no hitter. Are you serious? Oh, really? He is now one out away from a no hitter. Wow! Holy, sh- holy shit! My friend was texting me, but I was ignoring his text because <laughs> I'm on here with you. And yeah, I- now we're all gonna be checking our phones. <laughs> yeah, so now I'm, I'm flipping through the, th- the. I had the Mets on. They just lost in a wa- on a walk off Acuna home run. Which, uh, as a Mets fan, uh, a Mets fan, as a Mets fan, I hate it. But as an investor, I, I don't mind that too much. <laughs> um, and then I, yeah, then I saw the Yankees. So yeah, Corey Kluber one out away. It's not to you know wow. dive too far away, but wow, um, that's unreal. Like you said, not to dive too far away, but isn't that 
will this be if he gets it like the sixth or seventh no hitter this season? There was one, one last night too. Yeah, that's yeah, insane. It is yeah. wild. I don't know what's going on with the MLB this year, but yeah, I think it's like six or seven so far. Wow, insane. Well, before I let you go, last question for you guys. You may already have it, but I want to know what card would you personally like to own the most? If you could pick any card out there, autographed, oh not God. autographed, uh, rookie, whatever. What's your most? What's your holy grail for your collection? I'm going mm. last because I got. I need a. <laughs> I need a second to think about it. Go ahead. I'm rattling right now. Yeah. That's this it. This is no asking matter. like. No, he so, did throw it. Yeah. This will buy some time. He threw a no. There you go. Congrats, Brian. You got a Yankees no hitter live all awesome. over. <laughs> Unreal. Here, texting my friend right now. Wow. As far as I'm watching the game, but I'm watching it on mute, and I had no idea the whole time. Crazy. <laughs> I my in the camera that I had no idea until you mentioned it. That's, That's cool. so funny. Good for him. All right, let's Unreal. see. So Grill. All right, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna. Have, I have two. Go so ahead. the first one is not. PC wise, I just I would want to have it because, and it'll be obviously obvious in a minute. I would want the 1997 Panini Rock Sticker Rookie PSA 10. That's for obvious reasons. Because it's worth, you know, it's worth an absolute fortune. For my PC, for something that I wouldn't want to sell, I think honestly, right now might be the uh, 1986 Jogo Brian Pillman rookie card as a football player i like it i've been respect it. yeah know, i've been on I, I really want i've been looking at the rock when he has the comic images when he has road dog on his shoulder sign yep. i like that card a lot i've been looking at that and that, that's probably right now the one that uh that i would want but danny's been going I, back and forth on that card for a while now i have to say i want to <laughs> i want to have a what i want yeah i would say i have like two and a half grails so the car johnny just mentioned i have it psa right now so if this thing comes back at 10 somehow some way that's going to be tough to sell because i'm a rock guy that's my main wrestling yeah. card pc is the rock so the holy grail for me is the auto card his comic images card that's i always thought it was too obta- uh, like not attainable because i'm also a, a stickler for condition so I don't want to just buy something that maybe has a streaky auto, you know, the edges or corners are dinged. It, it doesn't have to be a 10 by any means, but I do want one in nice condition. And it, it was always one of the most expensive cards in the modern hobby. So that's still on my list of something I want to track down one day to get. My second one would be a 1982 Wrestling All-Stars Ric Flair. So that's many consider that to be Ric Flair's rookie card. I would love to have that because I think the Nature Boy, you know, I think he's one of the most underrated of all time. I know people put him in the GOAT conversation, but when they start talking about Mount Everest, Flair doesn't always get mentioned sometimes. But, you know, it's the Nature Boy. So why not have who I think is the number one, number two best wrestler of all time to have his rookie card? And then, yeah, that half being the the Panini Rock. I'm hoping it comes back at 10. I also want to throw in. That'd be awesome. It brings me back to, like, uh, like my first, like, vision of wrestling cards was the 91 Classic, the blue-bordered. Cards, mm. uh, the Undertaker rookie in a PSA ten with that is. I'd also want that too. Mm. Would be That'd cool. Be that, great. that takes me back like my first. So it says, "What's your first wrestling card you ever saw?" That would be seeing that. Awesome. 
Awesome. I love it. Well, guys, thank you guys so much for this. I really appreciate it. Um, you guys got the podcast, the Card, Found- the Card Foundation podcast, every Thursday, available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, your Twitter is scrolling at the bottom of the screen, at CardFoundPod. What else you guys want to plug? Plug anything you want. Well, I'm going to have to do this because Lord knows Johnny can't get our social media <laughs> handles right. Papa Bear has no idea what's going on on social media other than posting random cards. So <laughs> Post cards, brother. Just post the cards. Yeah, so our, we're on Instagram. We're at CardFoundationPod. As you can see on the bottom of the screen, Twitter is at CardFoundPod. We release – technically, the episodes come out Wednesday night at 11.59. So if you're out in the U.K., or if you stay up late, you'll be able to stream it on Wednesday night, heading into Thursday. That's pretty much where we got some things in the works. So we have do have a YouTube coming soon. That's something we're going to be adding to the uh, to the portfolio once we get rolling. But yeah, I would say follow us on social media. We're always interacting with everyone. If you have questions, the DMs are open, and download the new episodes. Uh, here's a funny yeah. story. Danny, didn't I message you? It was like, hey, when do we start dropping the episodes on Thursdays? I thought it was always on Fridays. Yeah, you said that like last week. <laughs> yeah, and it was like we're 15 <laughs> episodes deep now. Yeah, like, when do we start dropping them on Thursdays? He's like, <laughs> you dropping them early. He's like, no, they're always on Thursdays. So, yeah, don't ask me. And again, Someone's got to be the glue that keeps everything together. <laughs> before we uh, before we jump off, uh, I just want to say thanks to you like you guys and you know, everyone listening. Brian, you know, of course, um, you know, we've gotten so much support from the community, like right off the bat. You know, we're like Danny said, we're only, you know, whatever, 15, 14 episodes in. And, you know, we have people from all over reaching out to us saying, you know, they love the show and they're, you know, now they're collecting cards and we're really excited to see, you know, everyone kind of getting into the hobby and talking and, you know, trading cards and whatever else. So, uh, again, we just wanted to thank everyone else out there for, you know, following us and listening every week. And, um, you know, we're really excited to see where this whole thing goes. Awesome. Like I said earlier, this your show, your podcast, great stuff. I listen every week. Thank you guys for doing this. If you were going to the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast Live 8 show at Jimmy Seafood in Baltimore next month, check these guys out. Buy their card. Um, by the time you get to Baltimore, it might be only a one of three, but if that's the case, then <laughs> they're gone. But if there are any left by the time you get to Jimmy's, buy their cards, support their podcast. And again, thank you so much, guys. Thanks, Thanks Brian. Thank you, Brian. It. Really appreciate it. Thanks again to Danny, Johnny, and Papa Bear Paul for being on the show this week. Check out their show, The Card Foundation Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, They release new episodes every Thursday, so check them out. Guys, if you're listening, thanks again for being on the show. I can't thank you guys enough. I really appreciate your time. Also, guys, buy their cards. If you're going to the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast Live 8 show in Baltimore, Maryland at Jimmy's Seafood on June 11th, Buy their card. They're going to be there. Like they said, they only have 50 available, but they're only going to be selling maybe around 40, 45. So if you're going to be at the show, support those guys. Support everything they do. They're going to have T-shirts, hats, other merchandise. Check them out. Again, Jimmy's Famous Seafood, the major wrestling figure podcast, live 8, June 11th. Check it out if you're going to be in Baltimore. It's sold out, so you can't get your tickets anymore, but... If you're going, support the guys from the Card Foundation podcast. Speaking of t-shirts, buy my t-shirt, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash TL Chairs Pod. 
I can't thank you enough and tell you how much I appreciate anybody who has bought a shirt. So seriously, thank you. If you haven't bought one yet, what are you waiting for? Go buy one. Um, also, follow me on Twitter at BrianChair7, at TLChairsPod. Same thing with Instagram. Uh, YouTube.com, just search Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast. This podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. Like I mentioned earlier, we had a little snafu with Apple. We're on a new feed through Apple, so you might have to resubscribe. But hit that subscribe button, and every week, every Friday, a new episode will be on your podcast feed. So check that out. Leave me a review. Rate the show. Again, I can't tell you how much I appreciate all that. Guys, until next time, see you later.